Hi Church, we're around the fire today, I thought I'd make it a little bit different, um, just around the fire pit and as you kind of look at it, it kind of looks like a nice little cosy fire, but fire really reminds me, it's an image that I have in my head, which for me kind of sums up what's happening for uh, Zephaniah and what he's, what he's saying to the Israelites. We know Zephaniah is from the Old Testament. He's an Old Testament prophet. We've been doing a series on that. And Zephaniah is actually comes from a, a king ancestry. So um, King Hezekiah is his uh, great-great-grandfather. And so you would like to think that Zephaniah would be listened to because of his bloodline. He has... Um, some sort of importance um, because of who he is and where he's from. So he's a prophet, we know that. We know that he's kind of an important guy. Uh, he's not king though, but we'd like to think that because of his bloodline, he's uh, what you call maybe an advisor to the king. But he's speaking to the Israelites in a time where it's about to all end. And as we look at this fire, it is very well contained and in a little fire pit. There's no, there's no danger here. But when I think of what's about to happen and what Zephaniah is talking about to the Israelites, I get this image of a raging bushfire. And it wasn't that long ago, a few years ago when we had those bushfires rain through the Blue Mountains and in other areas. And we watched the images on TV and it was just destruction. It almost looked like something straight out of hell. Some of those images. And we know people lost their lives and we know that uh, people lost their livelihood. And we know that uh, kilometers of bushland was just absolutely destroyed. We know we lost a lot of uh, native animals and, and bird life and stuff like that as well. It was it was awful to watch. And those same images I get of that fire, the destructive fire, is about what's going to happen and what Zephaniah is talking about is going to happen to to the Israelites. So we know where we're picking this up at. The northern kingdom is now gone. It is just the southern kingdom left but the southern kingdom are on their last legs and this is when Zephaniah is talking to them it is around 635 BC to about 622 BC is when he uh, is speaking to the Israelites and I wanted to bring you out here and I'm sorry about the, the neighbors noise and all that sort of stuff and the birds chirping but I wanted to bring you out here because I wanted you to have the same image that I have, that that's what's going on for the Israelites. You see, this is a book, if you read it on in isolation, this book, you would think that God is just all about punishment and judgment, and that's it. You're like, if I just read the first couple of verses, it says, um, verse two of chapter one, I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, says the Lord. I will sweep away people and animals alike. I will sweep away the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea. 
And we, we kind of go, hang on a second, God, didn't you start with creating all of that? And now you're talking about taking that away. And that's what it is. Um, what's happening here in the judgment and in the punishment is almost the opposite of what creation was. And so this is a terrible, destructive time for the Israelites. And Zephaniah is, is urging them, is telling them, is pleading with them that this destruction, like a massive bushfire, is probably the best image I can give you, is just going to come and destroy the Israelites. Now, Zephaniah, 90% of it is talking about destruction, about how God's going to wipe out the Israelites, going to wipe out the earth. Uh, Judah and Jerusalem are kind of the, the last little bits left that are, we'd like to say, are going strong for God, but they're not. They're not going strong for God. I remember a few weeks ago I was speaking and the northern kingdom was in trouble and the southern kingdom were going okay. Now the northern kingdom's gone, the southern kingdom's, they're struggling. In fact, they're actually doing what the northern kingdom were doing. You see, what they've done is they've uh, taken the, the Canaanite gods, the Amorite gods, and they've mixed them in their own worship. So much so that it's not just done in the worship or in the church. It's done like in the political leaders as well. The, the businesses around, they're all mixed in with um, these, these false gods. And you can imagine, you can imagine how God feels. I remember speaking before about how it almost felt like a, a spit to the face of God. But for now, it's almost like they're rubbing God's face in it. And you can imagine how God feels. We talk about, the book talks about God's de destruction and how he's going to uh, wipe out these people and wipe out these people and all that sort of stuff. But have we stopped to think about how God actually feels? This has been going on for decades and decades and decades. And it's almost got to the point where God has said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And he's going to change it all now in a minute we're going to go inside because it's noisy and the birds and all that sort of stuff but there's something inside i want to show you as well and with going inside and taking a different look at this i want to share some of the hopes that is happening there are there's about 10 percent. there is about 10 percent of the book of zephaniah that talks about hope and it's just done um little bits and pieces here and there but a little bit towards the end and i want you to just as we have a bit of a break keep that image in your mind of the bushfire this raging fire and that's how god is going to come in like a raging fire and just cause destruction but we know through zephaniah it's not through fire that that god's going to come in it's, it's through um we find out later through the, the Babylonians are going to come in and take over over uh, Jerusalem and, and Judea. And that happens about 10 years after uh, Zephaniah actually says that it's going to happen. Um, so we know from being in the present time that his prophecy has come true. But we also know that the end of the earth destruction that's talking about, that's still to come. And that's a scary thing and that's something that 
we don't often preach about. It's not something that the church doesn't really promote because it's, it's scary. But it's something that we have to be prepared for. And that's something that we're going to look at inside. So we're going to have a break for a second and then I'll meet you inside and I want to show you something. Hi everyone, welcome back. We're back inside, a bit quieter. I can still hear the birds chirp, uh, chirping, which is kind of cool. Um, but I wanted to bring you inside because I want to show you this candle. Okay, so thank you to my sister-in-law for supplying this candle. And we're just going to light it, okay? And I want you just to look at the candle for a second. And you probably have candles at home as well. And, and maybe today at some point, light a candle. Because what we're going to do is we look at that, that flyer, the, kind of the one flame, the fire, and it's really contained. And, you know, you, candles like this look, look nice and they smell nice and all that sort of stuff. But it's a reminder of what's going to happen. The, it's a reminder of the destruction. It's a reminder of God fed up with sin. And Zephaniah talks about that. And that's his emphasis. But there's a couple of verses, as I mentioned outside that give us this glimmer of hope. And for us today, I think that's very important that we can grab hold of some of that hope that Zephaniah talks about for Israelite particularly, but there's elements of that that we can grasp onto for today. And I'm gonna add on that a little bit more because I feel like God's really spoke to me um, over the last few days about application. How does this, work for us today because it is written such a long time ago and it is a book that you wouldn't oh i can't wait to jump into zephaniah because it's all about you know destruction but there's this little verse here in, in chapter 2 verse 3 and it says seek the lord all who are humble and follow his commands seek to do what is right and to live humbly Perhaps even yet the Lord will protect you, protect you from his anger on that day of destruction. There's a glimmer of hope there, isn't there? That if we can just humble ourselves. And I think when we humble ourselves, we recognize that God is God and we're, we are humans. And for a very long time, and let's face it, for, for throughout humanity that's happening now, we kind of think we're God. We kind of go around doing what we want to do. And and serving God is, I guess, sometimes a, a sometimes thing. A following God is a is a, a Wednesday night prayer thing, and that's it. Or, you know what I mean? Like, we kind of, it's very disjointed how we live um, in following God. And I know for myself, God's really spoke to me in and through that as well. But let's not get too sidetracked, because this. Uh, there's a couple of verses here towards the end in chapter 3. See, Zephaniah is only three chapters long. Okay, but towards the end, he says stuff like this. Um, this is chapter 3, verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. For the Lord will remove his hand of judgment and will... Disperse the armies of your enemy 
and the Lord himself, the King of Israel, will live among you. At last your troubles will be over and you will never again fear disaster. If I skip a little bit and I'll go to um, verse 20. This is right toward, right at the end of the book. On that day I will gather you together and bring you home again. I will give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth. As I restore your fortunes before their very eyes, I the Lord have spoken. You know outside we're talking about, I was talking about the bushfires. And I get this image of, of, of what's happening, going to happen here for the Israelites. It's just this utter destruction, like a bushfire just raging through a community. But have you ever been to a bushland area that's been burnt out, right? Completely burnt out. And then you go back a year later or maybe two years later or even a season later. And you can start to see glimpses of life again. See, fire brings destruction, total destruction. But in a few moments, a few uh, in, in time, you start to see regeneration. You start to see new growth. It's almost like brand new growth. And you see, that's what God wants for his people. The people had gotten so uh, messed up with, with the, you know, the Ten Commandments they didn't even follow one of them. And it was keep, you know, keep God as number one and don't have any other gods. Well, they failed that time and time and time and time again. And so you, God got to the point, as I mentioned, he got to the point where he just had, had to start again, regenerate. He wanted to regenerate his people. He wanted them to start again. And often we think of fire bringing um, destruction. But in this, God brought regeneration. He brought his people back to him. And um, there's an amazing little vo um, verse that says, um, verse 17 of, th of chapter 3 says this, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight in your gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs now we get the image of when this happens at the end of all this there will be rejoicing and there'll be worshiping of god but god says that he'll be singing along with us he'll be singing to us and that's an image i never really thought about before I always think about us worshiping god but then there's the image of god singing in a joyful way with us and that's what God wants ultimately, isn't it? He wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants that so desperately that he goes to these amazing lengths to show us that. And we see that hope in Jesus Christ, the king that lives amongst us. We see that in Christ. But let me just pull it up just for one, one moment or two. You see... In the application of this, this this book, and as I was praying about this and and how to deliver it, and 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 I really asked God to make this personal for me, and God delivered. He gave me this whacked out dream. It was a crazy dream. And it's one of those dreams where you it's the last thing you remember, and then you wake up going, oh man, that dream really plays on my mind. 
And God's done that before, and I've actually shared with you guys about that before. But this dream was instant. The meaning of the dream was instant. I woke up and I knew what God was saying to me. He was saying to me that that I need to live a life of integrity. That word, integrity, kept coming through. That was the meaning of, of this, this crazy dream. And that word resonates What's for what God is seeking in his people is integrity, is faithfulness. Now, we looked up integrity and and the meaning, and you probably know what it means, but there's a couple of meanings. Um, The dictionary meaning is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Now, I really, I think that one is, hits the nail on the head. But this second one really resonated with me personally. It says, the state of being whole and undivided. Whole and undivided. And we see in the Israelites, they were so divided. They were so mishy-mashy. They were so uh, forgotten about God and, and God being the one true God that they, their integrity is gone. Their integrity to the relationship is gone. And I felt like maybe God's saying to me, Brad, you are a bit divided. Your attention to me is is divided. And it's time to live uh, a life of integrity. And I thought, wow, God, you're powerful. This is in powerful meaning for the application for Zephaniah is to live a life you want to be prepared for judgment? Live a life of integrity. Now, Brene Brown, uh, she sums it up, in, in, I reckon, in a real cool modern way for us to, to kind of yeah, put in our pockets and go, yes, I, I know how to do that. Brene says this, and integrity is choosing courage over comfort, choosing what is right over what is fun, fast and easy, and choosing to practice our values rather than simply professing them. And I think that last bit resonates with me, and I think that might resonate with you, and sometimes that resonates with our church and, and churches around. We profess that God is our number one. We profess that we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but it doesn't always play out like that. Sometimes it does, and we, we praise God that it does, but there's moments like throughout Israel's history where we lapse and our attention to being, uh, you know, followers of God, we get divided or sidetracked. And I feel like Zephaniah has given us this glimpse of hope. And as we light a candle or look at a candle, we're reminded that punishment is is coming. The end of the earth is, is, is coming. The day of judgment, it's coming. But we can live now with uh, lives of integrity, of faithfulness. And that's what God calls us to do, to be faithful in the relationship. So when we're learning from the mistakes of the Israelites and we're trying to improve and get better as, as followers of God in, in our relationship is to live lives of integrity. That's what God's saying to me, and hopefully that's been an encouragement to you. I'm going to pray now, 
and um, hopefully you've learned a little bit more about Zephaniah and who he was and and what he said and and you kind of get the gist of what the Israelites were about to go through some of this this crazy crazy stuff but I'd like to think that we can take what they've what what they're learning and and learnt and we can apply it to 2021. Um, so let me pray for us as we conclude. Lord, our God, our Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and forgiveness. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ who brings renewal, who brings regeneration, which gives us uh, hope for the future. And Lord, we know that one day this earth will, will no longer be. We know that there is uh, judgment and punishment for sin, but we're so grateful that the Lord Jesus Christ took that upon himself so that we could have a relationship with you, God. And as we uh, endeavour to live lives of faithfulness, and of integrity, Lord, give us the strength to do so. Uh, help us to build each other up. Help us to be accountable to each other. And Lord, thank you for your spirit, which guides and directs us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a peace I've come to know, though my heart